On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly. Here's Dominic Catronio. Is this thing on? It's the first time in a while I've done one of these live. It's good to be back. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Weekly. Well, headlines last week for an offseason that really, you know, Brewers have a lot of directions they can go. We talked to Kurt Hogue a couple of weeks ago here uh, on Brewers Weekly. You can always check, catch these episodes, in case you don't catch them live, on our website, WTMJ.com, uh, in the Brewers tab. They're always available in podcast form on Apple. And yes, we are working on Spotify, everybody. That is a development, I promise, because I'm a Spotify loyalist myself. So we're working on that, I promise. But as far as missing coverage or trying to get you know, caught up with the Brewers, remember, WTMJ.com will have everything available. All of these shows are taped, podcasted, and available to you immediately after the show. Uh, we're also going to have some more podcasts coming out throughout the winter more frequently, not just these Brewers Weekly ones. I'm going to have uh, one coming out next week, actually, that's all about extensions. We're going to talk a little bit about extensions today, but what would a Corbin Burns extension look like? What would a Brandon Woodruff extension look like? What would a Willie Adamas extension look like? Also, a Dark Horse candidate that I have that's in the episode. You'll have to listen to that next week uh, coming up on WTMJ.com. But let's talk about today's rundown. And if you want to participate in the show, as always, 855-616-1620. That's our talking text line. Once again, 855-616-1620. If you want to participate, we're going to have Vinny Rotino join us here in just a little bit, the former Brewer, Bally Sports Wisconsin analyst. You hear him on Brewers Extra Innings after games as well. We're going to talk free agency. We're going to talk our reaction to the bullpen moves, to the non-tenders, and things of that nature. And in case you have no idea what I'm talking about, let me just give you the quick rundown of what's happened since the last time we spoke on Thursday. Thursday, we talked about the guys that were added to the 40-man roster after the deadline for the Rule 5 draft. That was on Tuesday of last week. The Brewers ended up adding four players to their 40-man roster, which essentially protects them from being plucked off of a uh, off of a minor league roster coming up in the winter meetings. We can get into the nuance of that in a couple of weeks when the winter meetings are actually happening. But here are the four guys the Brewers added. Bryce Terang, absolutely no surprise there, the 2018 first-round pick. Abner Uribe, 22-year-old flamethrowing righty. He's missed most of this last year due to a torn meniscus, but he pitched really well in the Arizona Fall League this year. Cam Robinson, he made it to AAA as a closer in the organization. He's 23 years old. He led all of minor league baseball in saves last year with 25. And finally, this one was surprising to a lot of folks. John Singleton, 31 years old. Eighth rounder in 2009 by the Phillies. Then went to the Astros in the Hunter Pence trade. Had a lot going on while he was a minor leaguer with the Astros. There were suspensions involved for marijuana. Obviously, the times have changed in that regard. In fact, Weed is legal in minor league baseball these days. But John Singleton, after a solid year in AAA, in his first year back in affiliated baseball since 2018, had a 20% walk rate, had 22 home runs. He led all of minor league baseball in walks. He's depth. He's a power-hitting first baseman. It doesn't mean he's going to be playing up at the big league level with Rowdy Les. It just means he's on the 40-man roster now. So at the time, when we last spoke on Thursday, we were preparing for the non-tender trade dead or non-tender deadline. Meaning, if a player is arbitration eligible or pre-arbitration eligible, that the team just simply has to decide: Are we going to offer you a contract or not? 
They don't necessarily have to come to terms on arbitration immediately, but just say, hey, we are going to offer you a contract in arbitration. We'll talk to you here soon. Or, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. You're a free agent now. That's what last Friday was. And the Brewers did make a few moves. Uh, most notably, though, not related to non-tender, was that they put Brent Suter on waivers. That wasn't a non-tender. They just straight up tried to release him due to service time. He gets to go through waivers, and he was claimed by the Colorado Rockies. So Brent Suter is no longer a brewer. And then in addition to Suter coming off the roster, three other relievers were also non-tender to contract. Jandel Gustave, Luis Perdomo, and Trevor Gott. So those four guys, Suter, Gustave, Perdomo, Gott, they also joined Brad Boxberger, who was declined his option a week and a half ago as far as bullpen pieces that will not be returning as of now. They are free agents, aside from Suter, since he's on the Rockies, but those are a few pieces that will not be, as it appears right now, coming back to the Brewers. They did make one addition, though, last week on Friday. They made a trade for Javi Guerra, a hard-throwing righty, often injured from the Tampa Bay Rays, former national as well. He's bounced around. He's a great story. Uh, but Guerra, a lot of injuries. They see some potential maybe with the four-seamer and the sinker and the slider. Uh, the other thing, too, the trade, everyone's favorite phrase, for a player to be named later. Classic. So Javi Guerra is now joined, which means the 40-man roster, as it stands right now, is at 36. you got four spaces to figure out what you want to do. Do you want to add somebody? Do you want to make some more trades? Do you want to, you know, do you bring back Boxberger at the end of all of this? There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to figure out in that regard. So we're going to talk about that with Vinny Rotino. We're going to look at free agency starting to heat up here. And you're not going to see much movement, I think, this week, obviously, with Thanksgiving and everything going on. But the winter meetings is right around the corner. It's two weeks away. The winter meetings, I'll break it down a little bit later on the show. That's when Ish gets done. It happens so fast. Having been to the winter meetings before, my first time in Orlando a few years ago in 2017, oh man, it's it's actually amazing to think about the deals going down and the conversations you're seeing. You're bumping elbows with people. Oh wait, that was Dave Nebraska. Oh wait, that was Scott Service. Oh wait, that was that was Craig Council. It's just a who's who at the winter meetings. Everyone's just hanging out, having a having a good time and. Then if you're chatting with writers, you always have to keep your head on a swivel because if they see somebody walking by that they need to talk to, I, uh, uh, excuse me, I got to go right back. You know, like <laughs> the polite Irish goodbye, not a true Irish goodbye. Just oh, I got to go talk to David Stern. See you later. You know, if, if you're talking to Adam McAlvey or Kurt Hogue. So we'll talk a little winter meetings coming up as well. Brewers have a lot ahead of them, and this is just the beginning of really the hot stove season officially beginning, if you will. Now that you kind of know what your roster is going to be structured as how much space do you have to add what do you need to add as far as position wise goes we're going to talk about the colton long edition as well so plenty to talk about here Vinny Rotino is going to join us in just a little bit we're also going to laugh at our preseason predictions here as well don't go anywhere we're just getting rolling here on your home of the brewers if you want to join and text and talk and call whatever 855-616-1620 again 855-616-1620 one six twenty. I'm Dominic Catronio. Sit back, relax. We're with you to the top of the hour. We got Vinny Rotino coming up on the other side of this break on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. On an odd night, we're on a Tuesday night. Normally, we're Thursday nights, but hey, there's a little feast happening on Thursday this week. I'm Dominic Catronio. Thanks for joining us here on Brewers Weekly. 
We got a lot to talk about, a lot of important pressing matters in Major League Baseball, free agency, what are the Brewers going to do, position battles, things of that nature. But right now we're welcoming in our good friend Vinny Rotino here on the show. But i got to ask the most important question of the day, Vinny. Uh, we finally got to see you go yard in John Boy's Blitzball battle. Uh, first of all, it's about dang time, man. Uh, I know this is a slow release of everything that's happened, but he finally got around the bases in the warehouse with the John Boy, John Boy guys. Oh, you know what? That was probably the highlight of my athletic career right there. I know I played professional baseball, and I know I hit three major league home runs. No one can take that away from me, but now no one can take away that John Boy Blitzball if not, nobody knows what we're talking about. It's wiffle ball, basically. And, um, yeah, I get to act like a, a pretty much like an idiot for three days, and it gets posted to social media. So that is awesome, and it's fun, and uh, I absolutely love it. I, uh, I'm glad that they've invited me to join uh, the, Blitz, uh, the John Boy media blitzball kind of team, I guess yeah. you could call it. You and Trevor Plouffe have a good time, Chris Rose on the calls, and it's all <laughs> it's all fun stuff. And and for the dads listening, like, what the heck is he talking about? Like, if you have a middle school or high school son, they're probably watching it on YouTube, I promise. So you can ask him, hey, who's John Boy? Have you seen Vinny Rutino play blitzball? And they'll probably light up. So, uh, Vinny, we really appreciate your time. You're teaching the youth on how to hit right now as well. So I don't want to take up too much of your night, but... Hey man, we got a lot to talk about with the Brewers. I feel like yeah. I haven't talked to you since the playoffs started. Uh, we got predictions to laugh at as well coming up a little bit later in the show. But I just want to get your first gut reaction when you saw Brent Suter being put on waivers and claimed by the Rockies last Friday. His heartfelt post on Instagram, fans. I mean, his, he was very emotional talking to the media as well. What was your first reaction when you saw Brent Suter was no longer going to be a Brewer? I, I got to be honest, his disappointment, you know, is my first reaction is because, you know, I just, I loved what he brought to the table in terms of clubhouse leadership, in terms of team chemistry. We talked about how rough that team chemistry was, you know, after the trade deadline, quite frankly, Dom. And we talked about that a lot. We talked ad nauseum about the team chemistry. And, and Brent Suter was a guy that brought it every single day to the clubhouse, to the, to that bullpen uh, and to the pitching staff, and then he was he was placed on waivers. But look, at the end of the day, you kind of understand why. I mean, it comes down to dollars. The Brewers are a team that are going to be pinching pennies here. Um, they 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 overextended themselves. It seems they talked about it last year. A hundred forty million dollar payroll last year when they went out and signed Andrew McCutcheon. So they're, they're, we might not see that level of commitment towards uh, t- towards the players. And we're, it's going to be an interesting offseason, and Brent Suter was the first casualty of that. And you just hate to see him go, though. It was, it was total disappointment on my end in terms of what he was able to bring to that to that clubhouse. So um, that's how I felt when I first saw that. We're chatting with Vinny Rotino here on Brewers Weekly, former Brewer, Bally Sports Wisconsin analyst, and our own analyst sometimes on Brewers Extra Innings. If you want to chime in, 855 616 1620 again, 855-616-1620. I do have a stat, and you know me. I always got a stat for everything, Vinny. Uh, with Suter and $3 million being owed to him, and you're absolutely right. He's something extra in the clubhouse. He was the ringleader of bringing everybody together in that second half. Brandon Woodruff even said so on the, you know, kind of the debrief at the end of the season, saying, man, I wish we started doing that stuff a lot sooner. Kudos to Brent for doing it, but... Here's the stat of what the Brewers are looking at is the reason why they didn't see a need to bring him back for $3 million. He had a total of 235 plate appearances 
uh, against him this season. Okay, 235. And he pitched with the lead in only 39 of them. So I, I love Brent Suter. I get what you're saying. But again, he doesn't pitch with the lead. And the Brewers, as you said, they're a team that has to be smart with their $3 million. They can put that somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, and some of the some of the peripherals that that uh, showed out for him last year. I mean, the ground ball percentage went down, the strikeout percentage went down, the walk percentage went up. Now, some of that can be attributed to the fact that he was trying to throw his change up more, and he he could just couldn't find it. Quite frankly, at the beginning part of the season, he ended up finding it and finding a really good feel for that pitch and all of his pitches, quite frankly, later on in the season. So I think that's where fans are a little bit confused as to where, like, Brent Suter was actually pretty effective um, in the second half, especially in September um, this year. And he, he kind of struggled early on. But, um, but yes, Dom, I think, I think what we always have to remember with, with this front office, with Matt Arnold now at the helm, that – you know, they do find little diamonds in the rough, especially when it comes to the bullpen. I mean, already they're picking up Javi Guerra, who is a very interesting arm, an upper 90s fastball. It probably, he probably had some regression last year in Tampa, and, he's get, and they're looking for him to bounce back. And the Brewers always seem to be able to help guys bounce back, and that's attributed to Chris Hook and all the pitching lab uh, and, and the pitching coaches that the Brewers do have in their system. They just do a phenomenal job of helping guys out. Little tweaks here and there to get guys locked back in. I mean, so that $3 million and that roster spot, quite frankly, Dom, is going to be freed up to maybe find someone else to do that. We're chatting with Vinny Rotino here on Brewers Weekly. Uh, quickly, I just want your thoughts on the non-tenders of last week. This is excluding Suter. Uh, John Del Gustave, Luis Perdomo, Trevor Gott. Any of those guys surprise you? Expect it? Maybe something that there could be a reunion in the future? Or what, what do you make of those three non-tender candidates for the Brewers? Um, kind of a similar story, I, I think. I mean, Gustave, that seemed like uh, kind of a – he was a little bit too inconsistent, and then he had some injury issues. So I wasn't surprised by that one. I was a little bit more surprised by the other two, Perdomo – just because Perdomo can do a number of different things. Um, and, you know, his stuff was up to 96. It was a bowling ball sinker. Uh, and he pitched exceptionally well. And, and he can do – and he can go multiple innings, right? He can be – he started a bunch. So it's always valuable to have guys that can start. Trevor got – they kind of tweaked some things with his delivery. And, and, and he showed out really well early on in the season, I think, Um his lower leg injury kind of uh, had his stuff back up a little bit towards the end of the year. So, so that one, again, they seem to find guys like Trevor got little diamonds in the rough and who knows, maybe there will be a reunion at a lower price tag with a, with a Trevor got or a Luis Perdomo. Vinny Rotino going to stick around for another segment. We're going to talk more of a grander landscape here of major league baseball. Don't go anywhere. You're listening on the home of the Brewers. This is Brewers weekly on WTMJ. we got Vinny Rutino for one more segment here on Brewers Weekly. I'm Dominic Catronio. If you want to chime in, 855-616-1620. We've talked the Brewers' end of guys departing. Let's talk about, before we get into the national landscape, Colton Wong has been re-signed on that $10 million option. The Brewers bring him back. I know you're a huge fan of this move, Vinny, and you're a huge fan of Colton Wong in general. It's not a guarantee he's going to stay all the way through. He still could be a candidate to be traded, but... It's, a, it's not a bad consolation prize to say, oh, well, didn't trade Colton Wong. He's going to be our everyday second baseman once again, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think this surprised some people. I thought that you know, even you and I talked about how they probably are going to take that $2 million buyout. But looking into it a little bit deeper, it just makes sense that they keep him around. I mean, he, he is continuing to perform um, offensively. I think the the big hiccup was on the defensive side of things, which I think that's all it was, was a hiccup. I think he's going to totally be back. Uh, I, I think I think players just go through slumps defensively at times, just like they do hitting, and I think that's what it was. It snowballed a little bit on Colt Wong. He talked about how his lower half wasn't fully healthy all year long, and that attributed to some of that. But I think he's going to be that gold glove second baseman uh, like we've known for him to be if he sticks around with the Brewers. But like you said, now maybe he is going to be on the trading block. I know that Seattle has been kicking the tires on Colton Wong. They need a second baseman. A number of other teams do too. There's not a, a whole lot of options there on the market, uh, on the free agent market for second baseman. So he is going to be a nice trade chip for the Brewers if they choose to do so. And they have guys waiting in the wings. Luis Arias can move over there. Um, Bryce Terang, I think, is ready to take the the lead there at second base. And then um, who knows, um, the Brewers will get creative if they do end up trading uh, Colton Wong. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I looking into it a little bit deeper, I didn't think it was that big of a surprise. All right, let's have some fun now. Let's laugh at ourselves here. Now, beginning of the year, we were doing a podcast together on a different network. Now we're here on WTMJ, and we did do some silly preseason predictions for awards. And listening back to the episode today, Vinny, oh, man, we were so wrong. We were so wrong. But they still pay us to talk about baseball, so we're going to sit here and talk about it. Uh, Do you remember who you picked? I'll give you credit on this one, though. This might be the only thing we got right. And by we, I mean you. You remember who you picked for <laughs> AL Rookie of the Year? Uh, I actually don't. You picked, I must have got it right. You picked Adley Rutschman. You didn't pick Julio, but you picked uh, Adley Rutschman. So you got the guy in second who a lot of folks thought could have been in as well. So I, kudos to you on that. I picked Spencer Torkelson. That failed. Uh, you picked Hunter Green in the NL, which wasn't a bad pick, but it didn't really work out for him. I picked Seiya Suzuki. Didn't even get nominated. Uh, Cy Young, both of our NL Cy Young candidates got hurt, so we had the magic touch. I had Walker Bueller, you had Freddie Peralta. So uh, maybe we shouldn't make an NL Cy Young pick this year. <laughs> yeah, let, we're, we're not in the prediction business. We're in the talking about what's already happened. <laughs> and then I, furthermore, I doubled down. I went with Jose Barrios for AL Cy Young. That Ooh, didn't work. Uh, you picked Garrett Cole. And you also gave a shout-out to Alec Manoa listening back, so I want to give you kudos for that. So you had hits on both of those guys being in the top 10. You had Bo Bichette as your AL MVP. He finished 11th. Neither one of us picked Judge, which in hindsight, like, why did we not pick Judge? Uh, I had Carlos Correa, who somehow didn't get a vote, even though he was over a four-war player this year anyway. Uh, and we both picked Freddie Freeman for NL MVP, who finished fourth. I don't think that was a bad pick. No, that wasn't a bad pick. In fact, I'm surprised that he actually didn't finish second. But um, yeah, no, I, we're not we're not real good at the predictions side of things. Obviously, looking back at those predictions, but you know what, we got to do it again at some point. So let's do that before the season starts for well, sure, Don. Well, I'm just going to do rapid fire here as we wrap up with you. One more set of predictions for free agent destinations. I'm going to list off three position players, and three pitchers. And just the first team that comes to mind, don't got to say numbers or money or years or anything like that, first team that you think that this player will end up at. you ready? Yep, I'm ready. I Here don't we know go. if I am, but okay, go ahead. Jacob DeGrom. Um, Mets. 
Going back. Justin Verlander. Mets. <laughs> wow. All the money. Carlos Rodon. Uh, Texas. I like that pick a lot. I think it's Texas or New York for, for Carlos Rodon, personally. Now to the position players. Carlos Correa. Oh, uh, Giants. Ooh. Is he going to want to hit in San Francisco? Trey Turner. I don't know. Uh, back to the Dodgers. Oh, wow. I'm going Philly with Trey Turner, personally. And finally, the big kahuna, Aaron Judge. Oh, my goodness. Um, I got to go with the I got to go with the Dodgers. They're just going to load up. Yeah, they, they, they are shedding payroll, they, and they could move Mookie to second. It, oh, man, that would be crazy for them to still lose in yeah. the NLCS. Uh, still lose, and they hope for them to still lose. <laughs> exactly. Vinny Rettino, as always, a pleasure, my friend. Have a very happy Thanksgiving with your wife and your beautiful daughters. Hope you have a great time with the family, and uh, have a, a great rest of your offseason, my friend. Likewise, Dom. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Vinny Rettino here on Brewers Weekly. Plenty more to come. Talking more Brew Crew right here on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Gosh, I love talking to Vinny. He's just so much fun. Great dude. One of my first friends that I made up here in Wisconsin. Uh, We really appreciate the time that he spent with us here tonight on Brewers Weekly. I'm Dominic Catronio. You can follow me on Twitter at Dom underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. You can follow Vinny at Vinny Rotino, V-I-N-N-Y-R-O-T-T-I-N-O. Uh, all the Italians, all the Sicilians, you know, talking with their hands, all that fun stuff. Uh, we got a lot Brewers-centric, and there's really not a lot happening aside from the relievers. And I do want to take a little soapbox moment to talk about Brad Boxberger. And I don't. I didn't really get into this in last week's episode. There's a lot to figure out with Brad Boxberger. There are so many different directions with, all right, well, when's the aging curve going to happen? Was he effective? Was he actually underrated? Did the Brewers let him walk on what would have actually been a really good bargain? I mentioned this when the Brewers actually declined his option. You would rather be a year too early than a year too late when it comes to an aging pitcher. Brad Boxberger, last two years, 60 innings pretty much, 64 innings each of the last two years. He's thrown the seventh most games in all of baseball in the last two years, and three of the guys ahead of him are submariners. So that's another thing to keep keep an eye on. Boxberger this year on fan graphs, on his player value, was worth nearly a full win, and that's it's really hard to accumulate wins uh, in war as a reliever, let alone as a reliever that's not a closer. 0.7 F war, which you may be thinking, Dom, who cares about war? Okay, let's talk about dollars. Based on war and based on its value and based on the position, Fangraphs has a calculation that says, this player and this performance was worth X dollars. Brad Boxberger, if that was an open market, hey, you're going to get this season from this reliever as a one-year deal, he was worth $5.8 million last season. And the Brewers let him walk as opposed to paying him $3 million to bring him back for a year. You get what I'm seeing? I'm getting at here where, well, his agent sees that number. So, well, I mean, he's worth $3 million by somebody. And then the Brewers actually had put him on waivers to say, hey, you can pick up his $3 million if you want him. And nobody did because everyone's coming back to the aging curve. What do you do with a mid-30s right-handed reliever who's got – a ton of usage the last couple of years. Now, 
I, I really like Brad Boxberger. His teammates like him. He was effective in a variety of roles. We know how Craig Council likes to use his bullpen, trying to keep things as structured as possible, given all the variables that you deal with in uh, in a bullpen. But the other thing, too, with Box, 128 innings the last two years, that's more than he's had in the previous four years combined. There is a lot of mileage on that arm. 34 years old, he'll be 35 in May. Somebody's going to be really happy with him because when you look at the reliever market, especially for non-closers, it is barren. There is nothing in the reliever market this year. And this could work out in Broxberger's favor that, hey, I've proven it before. I've been a closer. I've been an all-star before. I just had two great seasons with the Brewers when I didn't need to be the guy. You wouldn't expect to be the guy somewhere else, but he's going to make somebody very happy. I want to put that out there now. I hope it's the Brewers, but he's going to make somebody very happy of just Kind of like how the Brewers were very unexpected to see him because he wasn't on the team coming out of spring training in 2021. Then he makes the team, and it's incredible that this important seventh-inning role that he has served has been a big reason why the Brewers have had so much success. 2.95 ERA, 29 holds. Strikeouts went down a little bit. He doesn't give up loud contact at all. Just gives up contact, so it's a catch-22. With no shift next year, what are you gonna, how are you going to adjust to that kind of stuff? Just wanted to get on a little soapbox about Brad Boxberger. What about you, Tommy? Uh, don't you think 34 is kind of not old for a pitcher now in the MLB today? It's, I mean, I know he's not a starter, and he's not one of the high-profile guys like DeGrom or Verlander we got coming out this year, but 34 years old seems like you should be able to get maybe three, four more years out of a guy now at this point, especially as a reliever in the MLB. It's tough given how relievers are used today, right? It, it, with in the case of Justin Verlander coming off the Tommy John surgery at 39 years old, he's got a routine, he's got a regiment, he can pitch every fifth day. DeGrom, he needs to prove it to me that he can do it because he's his right arm, as talented and as amazing as it is, it's like a very fine French glass, you know, stained glass painting right now. It's just like, wow, it's gorgeous when it's on, when it's working, but then like, oh, wait a minute, it's very fragile at the same time. So... The age decline, I, I, I know I quote Fangraphs a lot on this show, but Fangraphs has a great chart explaining the average decline based on position by age. Look, Father Time's undefeated. I'm going to talk about a free agent that I think the Brewers, two free agents that the Brewers could be targeting that are fighting Father Time coming up in the next segment. But I think Brad Box, I think, now I just want to put this out in the open, $3 million for Brad, Brad Boxberger, I would have taken it personally. I think, especially since you're taking on the $10 million from Colton Wong as of now, I understand the Brewers think that they need to save pennies and dimes. So you just saved $3 million with Brent Suter. You saved roughly $2.5 million based on the non-tenders. Most of those guys were making league minimum or barely a $1 million. Uh, so I, I think you can afford it, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But that's my take. Yeah, I agree. And I think that... They got a really good plan with the bullpen. They had a lot of young guys that they were using all last year, so that probably is a big factor into it as well. I, I just, the same thing, like $3 million seems like a pretty easy steal for a guy that I wouldn't have been mad if they would have got for a couple more years. And, and for, I was watching MLB Network this morning. Bill Ripken uh, on MLB Network on Hot Stove with Matt Vesgersian, our old friend Matt Vesgersian here in Milwaukee, said that the Brewers should be linked to a role as Chapman as a sleeper team. No, I, I want a 50-foot pole away. I Very do not want to roll the Chapman here. I don't want to deal with that. 
bad clubhouse guy from what we've heard from New York. The way that, that all that ended, I, I don't want that here. Thank you. Thank you, Billy, for the suggestion. I'm a hard pass on that one. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Let's talk about those aging free agents I was talking about. Let's go on the position side coming up next. Who, what do, you, who do you want to see? 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. You can text. You can call. Free agency, it's here. I mean, anyone can sign at any given moment. I mean, we can get a notification that Aaron Judge is signing with the Giants right now, but that's not happening. Don't hit the alarm. But let's talk about free agency coming up next. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. Great choice, Mr. Wirtz. Free agency. Let's show me the money. Darren McGuire, anybody? All right. Free agency. I'm trying to get all situated here. There's two names that I've talked about in previous shows. Well, one in particular, one I don't think I've really brought up yet. I think the Brewers, it would be out of character for them to spend money on a free agent like this, especially at the price that have been linked to these players. But they just did it last year with Andrew McCutcheon. And, you know, when when they signed Colton Wong, they were kind of had their necks out there saying, like, we want to sign this guy to a three-year or two-year with the team option. Nobody wanted to do that with Colton Wong. There is a disconnect there. There are two guys that jump out to me that make sense. Jose Abreu, Chicago White Sox. He solves two problems right off the bat. There's your DH, again, you know, your everyday DH. And then when a lefty's on the mound, he's your first baseman. Solved. Done. Signed. Yes, he had a down power year, but doesn't strike out. He's got bat the ball, plays solid enough defense. I'm all for it. I'm all for Jose Abreu. Now, are the Brewers for that cost? And will he be able to escape the White Sox? He's 36 years old. He's probably going to be asking somewhere in the 15 to $18 million range. He's probably going to want more than one year, too. That's where I think the Brewers are probably going to hit pause in that conversation. But a right-handed hitting first baseman. They're not going to be players in Josh Bell. We know that. They're not going to be players, I don't think, in Brandon Drury. I don't think he's a fit. But another name that popped up to me that I thought, again, out of character, maybe a little overpriced, fighting the aging curve, Justin Turner. Feels like he's been linked to the Brewers the last like three off-seasons. But his option was declined. He was not given a qualifying offer to by the Dodgers, which means he's not linked to draft pick compensation. Justin Turner, again, a lot of bats to ball. Yes, the power was down a little bit as well. He plays a little bit of third these days. He played roughly half at third, half at DH. He did deal with injuries this year. The Dodgers turned down $16 million on him for one year. He's going to be looking for something near that number, too. So if, if you're going to be able to save money with $3 million to Suter, $3 million to Boxberger, maybe you're saving it for something like this, for an Abreu, for a Turner. Now, I know Brewers fans probably think, well, why don't you save it for somebody that's like younger and an extension, like a Woodruff or a Burns or an Adamas? I get that, but the Brewers are trying to figure out what of this core do they want to keep. Don't lose sight of the long-term extension signed by Aaron Ashby last year. I'm really looking forward to a bounce-back season from Aaron Ashby. Don't lose sight of Freddie Peralta's injuries last season. He'll be back ready to go. And his long-term team-friendly extension, hopefully giving the Brewers room to make some additions. But as it looks right now, I mean, 
Looks like Victor Caratini is going to be the opening day catcher. I don't think I, I personally would like Omar Narvaez back, but he's going to ask for a multi-year, you know, 10 to, you know, $14 million per year because he's got such great framing numbers and things have really worked out in his favor. The catcher market is very interesting this year because Wilson Contreras is obviously very top heavy with the market. He's got a qualifying offer attached to him, but what does Christian Vasquez do? What does, say, Omar Narvaez do? What does uh, another catcher, the, the, Blue Jays have a million catchers that they could trade. Got old friend Luke Maley, who's a free agent again, if you want to bring him back as a backup. But the Brewers have four catchers on the 40-man right now, so I don't think they're going to make a move to add a catcher. Those are the two names that jump out at me. Justin Turner, Jose Abreu. I think, I think it solves multiple problems. That's why I, I think it really works out. And when you talk about extensions, and we can talk about this a little bit in the final segment, Willie Adamas was quoted... Uh, this week in a fun story in the Players' Tribune, crediting his, you may have seen if you follow him on Instagram, hashtag no book bag. Really encourage you to read it. Adam McCalvey did a follow-up right up to it as well. The premise of it is just that always giving thanks. And I, I really encourage you to read it. It's what he does in every single post. He's been posting since like 2014. Every single post he has, hashtag no book bag. And Willie Adamas, in this article, with Adam McCalvey also mentions, yeah, we've talked about it. I'd love to stay. It being an extension. Hmm. Interesting. When Matt Arnold was asked about extensions in his introductory press conference, when David Stern stepped down, he says, we're going to be opportunistic. And we're going to find the right time to explore these con- these contracts with these players. One contract that you may or may not realize is up this year. Craig Council. Now, he ain't going anywhere. But... They're going to have to figure out, make a plan for Craig Council to stay. And do they want to do a one-year and an option, two years for Council? How long do they want to keep Craig Council at the helm now with Matt Arnold at the helm with him? Which I don't think it will be much of an issue. But just remember that this is the final year of Craig Council's deal as well. All right. Let's talk about a little bit of extension stuff. Get ready to say goodbye. Give you an upcoming look at what's to come here on WTMJ with our Brewers coverage as the offseason really gets going starting next week. Don't go anywhere. We wrap up the show next on WTMJ. Wrapping up the show now, I'm Dominic Catronio. Thanks for hanging with us on a Tuesday night. Odd night. Normally we're Thursday nights. So we are back to Thursday night. We'll be a live show next week. Same time, same place, 8 o'clock, right here, WTMJ. Always available right after the show on WTMJ.com if you're not catching it live. And on Apple Podcasts soon on Spotify as well. I do want to tease something we've got in the works. We are revamping the Brewers podcast. I plan to have the first episode out on Tuesday of next week. We're going to let this holiday chaos pass us and drop that first episode talking extensions. We're going to go deep dive into what these extensions would look like to Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Willie Adonis, what you should be expecting to hear numbers-wise or trying to understand what these teams need out of each other when the dollars and cents settle at the end of the day. So expect that on WTMJ.com on Tuesday and on my social media at Dom underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. So we look ahead, and if you aren't aware, and also I do morning sports now as well uh, with the Wisconsin Morning News crew with Eric Bilstad and Vince Vetrano. I'm on uh, first thing in the morning, 5 to 8 a.m. right here uh, on WTMJ. So if you want to wake up early tomorrow, if you're on, if you're hitting the road, 
You want to catch the headlines and some fun chatter about it and some sports headlines, too. We were all reacting this morning to Saudi Arabia upsetting Argentina. That was a, a heck of a trip, and I played the uh, Arabic call, actually. It was incredible, the sound of the Arabic call of uh, when they scored the go-ahead goal in the 54th minute. It, I love having the country nationalism just get fired up about it. So I, I hope we have that fired up sense coming up because the World Baseball Classic is going to how we kick off spring training this year. Shohei Otani is going to play for Team Japan. Team USA looks absolutely loaded. TBD on some of the pitchers. Devin Williams is going to pitch in the World Baseball Classic. Luis Urias and his brother Ramon are probably going to play for Team Mexico. Uh, it, there's going to be some representation for the Brewers in baseball's version of the World Cup. And I'm very excited to watch it. Uh, I hope you are too. I'm a big fan of it. You know, every four years, it's appropriate. It's fine. It was supposed to happen in 2020. We all know what happened after that. So... Very excited to see that very fun event back and in action. I just want to watch Shohei Otani play baseball, quite frankly. I just love watching him play baseball. A couple of quick MLB headlines today. Comeback Players of the Year were announced as well. Uh, No surprise, Albert Pujols wins it for the National League. He is retired. Thank goodness. I know a lot of Brewers fans are exhaling right now. Uh, And then also, on the other side, for the American League, it was Justin Verlander, who's a free agent. That's a nice little feather in the cap for him to be negotiating, saying, oh, well, I was the comeback player of the year, and oh, I'm the Cy Young. I was unanimous. Both AL and NL Cy Young unanimous. It's wild. It's only happened one other time in baseball history. 1968. I saw you asking me, Tommy. The year of the pitcher. And then they lowered the mound the next year. So uh, I, I don't think they're lowering the mound this year, but that's what happened the last time this all went down. So again, a reminder, we've got Brewers Weekly again live next week. On Thursday, not today's Tuesday, Thursday, back to our normal day, it'll be 8 o'clock right here on WTMJ. We'll have another show coming up the following week. Then the Bucks start to interrupt with us coming into December and into January, but we'll generally be on Thursdays throughout the rest of the offseason. Plenty to talk about with the Brewers. Winter meetings are two weeks away. That's where you're seeing wheeling and dealing. The Rule 5 draft will happen. You'll hear about trades. You'll hear about free agent signings because agents, GMs, players are all meeting in person. It's in San Diego this year. That's in two weeks. So we are going to be on high alert for all the moves that could be blowing up at that time. Once again, our thanks to Vinny Rotino for joining us here on the show, talking a little brew crew. Thanks, as always, to you, Tommy Wirtz, joining us here on the show as well, hitting all the buttons to make sure we get on the air. And my thanks to you, the listener. I hope you have a very, very happy, safe Thanksgiving. I'm very grateful for all of you and welcoming you into your radios and your homes and your headphones throughout the season, and we got plenty more to come. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Dominic Catronio. Until next time, keep on swinging.